Good. So welcome to Each One Teach One with Ola Ramey Sano. So I have you now on a live podcast and live on Facebook. How's that? <laughs> you are popular. You are popular. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about um, basically about Black History 365, which I'm so happy to, you know, basically be working with the organization in different ways. And also just to be working with you, helping you expand, helping you um, in the nonprofit space and then helping other people learn a little bit more about what you're doing, because I think it's amazing. I think this project is probably going to make one of the most huge uh, impacts on the United States and around the world as any other history project that has happened since we've been here. And I really say that um, not lightly, you know, I, I want to show people what I'm talking about because I don't know if people know about Black History 365, the textbook and the entire project that uh, Tanisha is. Tanisha is the founder, executive director, uh, excuse me, she's a the executive director, her uncle, uh, founded the company as a textbook company out of his years and years and years in education, educational administration, um, and, uh, you know, work in the history space, trying to get people to understand the history of African people here in this country. Um, this is a huge project because not only did they re-encapsulate what's going on in regards to uh, history here in this country, but current uh, affairs going on with African-American people and people of color, but they've also made a really, really, um, huge account of history, but in an interactive form, you know, people these days like to see, you know, interaction, hear things they can hear. If they connect and click the QR codes and things like that, they can connect to music and all kinds of things. I mean, I thought this was a phenomenal book. I've shared it with so many people, but I want you to explain a little bit more about what you all do what you do in particular, because you're on the for you're on the nonprofit side, but there's also a textbook for profit component to this. So talk about what you do as as executive director of Black History three six five. Absolutely. So first of all, Ola Renee, thank you for being a supporter of our book, the foundation, and working hand in hand with me with the foundation on the nonprofit side of the house. I appreciate all of your wisdom and thank you for purchasing the book. You're so welcome. what BH3CC is, <laughs> so what BH365 is, as you mentioned, and I'm just gonna just give a snapshot of it. As you mentioned, this book is entailed of um, our history told from ancient Africa to modern day times. So if you remember sitting in your history class, the history that was taught to us about blacks in America or African-Americans in America is that we came over here as slaves and slaves only. And that's where our history started. But our history started way back before um, we were enslaved. And so that's what that book talks about. So as you mentioned, I do the exact same thing. I kind of pull it up and let everybody see the thickness of it. But this book is very engaging. So there's a list of, there's some music. Um, we, they had a Grammy award winner, uh, KO who produced the music that goes along with this book and this book is very engaging so it's engaging with the QR codes where it allows the reader or the individuals to dive a little deeper on it and it takes them on the journey it also has the elephant uh, experience in it and what the elephant experience is think about when somebody says there's an elephant in a room like there's something that needs to be talked about but everybody really don't want to talk about it mm -hmm. well we have the elephant experience throughout the whole entire book and it allows the individual to dig deeper critically think 
deeper on different conversations or different topics. So that's what's so engaging about the book. So with that being said, when this book is introduced to students on the K through 12 level, mm -hmm. um, it must be produced with, it must couple with professional development for the teacher because this history is different. Mm -hmm. It's not, they need to be taught on how to introduce this type of information. Right. So with that being said, the book and the professional development is coupled together when a district purchases it, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so now the foundation came into existence because the foundation, VH365 Education Foundation, is the arm of VH365, the textbook. Right. So what we're doing right now, of course, we're always, we're nonprofit. We're always going to be raising funds for some shape, form, or fashion in order to uh, 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 continue working in the spirit of the book. But our first project that we have is called the Black and Blue Ribbon Project. We're in this together. Mm -hmm. So the Black and Blue Ribbon Project is... The same book that we have, coupled with professional development, and we're presenting it to police chiefs across the United States because nice. in the spirit of things that's going on right now, we want our police officers, we want them educated not only on who we truly are, but so that they can better serve the individuals that's in their communities. Right. So that project is we're doing fundraisers across the United States in reference to raising funds for the Black and Blue Ribbon Project. Um, and for us to coin that term, we're in this together. It's not about back the blue. It's not about Black Lives Matter. It's about us together. Right. So all of it, all of us matter. The Black Lives Matter, the Blue Lives Matter, and we're in this together. And we have the tools to change the narrative. Awesome. So that's our first project that we're working on. I'm super proud of it. Um, DeSoto, um, DeSoto PD is one of the first um, areas to adopt this project and we're working hand in hand with them and so we're excited that this is going this is going to this is going to be big we're let me ask you a question the then States. let me ask so, you a question this is awesome this is awesome because not only is this project something that needs to be um like people just need to take a deep dive into black history in general and we're having national dialogue about the fact of uh, people not wanting black history to be taught in the school system um, people are having, you know, these myopic conversations about whether or not we should be having this United States acknowledge what has happened in regard to um, enslavement and the history of this country. And it's not an either or type of conversation. It's not a myopic type of conversation. It really is something that everybody in the United States needs to take a deep dive into. So what we're doing in terms of even having this dialogue right here is sharing the information that people really need to know to really move beyond some of these cyclical issues that we have. One of them that you just mentioned is police brutality. Um, you know, the culture of policing, not only that, the lack of training for people to be able to make good judgment decisions while they're doing their job as a police officer so that we will stop having these cyclical um, engagements with the police and so that the lack of trust and all those things that are spinoffs of that uh, can go down and we can get somewhere and, and move forward in this country. But without the information, people are stuck. They just continue to process the way that they process um, and I wanted to make a, an example out of something that you just said. We have a local group, uh, on the ground group that goes out and they usually show up whenever something live happens where police brutality or social injustice is happening. And I saw a video yesterday where these two women, they were white women. They weren't African-American. They were white women. They were being engaged by the police and they started fighting back 
while they were handcuffed. One kicked the police officer in the head. Another one pulled another female police officer's hair and they were tumbling down some concrete stairs and all of that. And what it made me think of is that if they were black, they would be dead immediately. That's one. They would not have had any time, five, 10 minutes to be struggling with police officers and, you know, kicking them in the head, pulling their hair, cursing them out, handcuffed, yes, um, but not tussling and kicking while you're handcuffed and still alive. Those are things that literally we have seen over and over again with George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, you know, other people who are, you know, just in their areas being black. And then all of a sudden some struggle ensues by a private citizen or police. And then you have some black dead bodies. So we're trying to get beyond that. We don't have to keep restating the issues over and over. What we're trying to do is get to the solutions. And I think that's what Black History 365 does. I wanted to mention the book again because I wanted to make sure that you get a chance several times throughout this podcast to tell people, number one, how they can order the book, how their district can order the book, how the educational system can order the book, or how private families can order the book. This book is so worth the amount that we pay for it. I remember having textbooks like this and I was an English major in college. So my books were like $150 a piece, 150, 200 bucks. You know, this book is so well worth it because it's like having 50 books in a book. You know, where can they order this book at? Absolutely. That's a very good question. So if you go to our website, www.blackhistory365foundation.org, an individual can order the book. There's a link that takes you to a website to order the book. However, if you are interested in bringing that book to your district in reference to K through 12, higher education, or you have an organization that maybe you want to, to purchase in a bunch of the books, um, if you go to our website, the foundation website, it leads you to the profit side of the house where you can purchase the book and uh, submit information that you want to um, this book. You want this book to be adopted within your school district or whatever it is, because once there's there's things that have to go into play, as I mentioned, that professional development, the book is just not handed out. When it comes to K through 12 or higher education, we want those individuals who are going to be teaching from the book to understand the book mm-hmm. and to be highly trained in the book. So that professional development comes with it. So that's on the that's on the profit side of the house. But go to our website to um, order the book. Awesome. So here's the thing: like when you start going into this book, I've actually shared this with some educators in Atlanta and other places, but. Um, Black History 365, and I know the, the, the viewers might not be able to see this, but the founder and president is Dr. Walter Milton, which is Tanisha's uncle. And he has um, co-workers like Dr. Uh, Joel Freeman, Mr. Joel Freeman, Dr. Joel Freeman, who is also a co-author of the book. Also, they have an amazing um, executive board of advisors who, from Kathy Hughes on down to people, I mean, it, it just is never ending. And so... You know, we have a, a, excuse me, a whirlwind of information in here, but we also have some people who have 20, 30, 40 years in their industry, in education, in, um, in the media, in, in um, just administration all over. They have so many different advisors, you know, on the history side, politics side, education side, that you really, really want to get your hands on this book. So I'll, I'll tell you what we're doing. I know I have a network of 32 plus nonprofit organizations. Most of them are led by people of color. Mine included Fihankra Global Education, which sponsors this podcast, Each One Teach One. And we have started interacting already with Black History 365. We were able to do our Passport to Greatness 
um, program with W.W. Bushman Elementary. You sent a team out there with the books. People purchased the books on the spot. People were able to learn about you all uh, as a foundation and what you do. And I think just the continued continued effort to get this information out there is going to help us all. Um, One important thing that I think we should definitely cover while we're talking is that Texas as a state, especially Texas is one of the biggest states in this United States, has one of the heaviest onslaughts and assaults against black history and black people out of any other state in the country. Right now, Texas is trying to alleviate black history being taught in the educational system and parents all over the place are starting to stand up and vote against what they call critical race theory, right? Critical race theory is a concept that came, that was um, brought into being by people who really do care about African history, but they put that term out there some time ago to really be able to discuss and have dialogue around why African history is important for people to know and understand in this country, because the country has never acknowledged its, you know, wrongdoings um, in regard to African people, people of African descent. The country has also never, ever through its educational system, political systems, governmental systems, through corporate systems, has never, ever done what it needed to do to make those things right. It hasn't. So in order to address that, they came up with a term to be able to just have a functional conversation. Now that functional conversation is under attack. You see it every single night, every other night on MSNBC and other uh, media outlets where people are talking about critical race theory. Now you hear people like dumb Ted Cruz and other people, that's my opinion, you don't have to have that opinion, um, out there talking about critical race theory and um, you know, slamming it. He doesn't even know what he's talking about because he has no idea how to effectively address situations, period. He doesn't know the history. He doesn't know the, uh, the current circumstances. He's just a party liner who walks around with taglines, but he does have a powerful, powerful input on lawmaking because what happens with us is that we can talk about it. We can have the dialogue, but sometimes we're not in the political process or in the policymaking process. So in the policymaking process on the educational level, the policymaking process on the political level and governmental level is where they make those laws to, to, or not to do something right. Right now, the attack is not to teach history about black people in the school system and not to make everybody acknowledge the fact that this this country was was wrong in bringing people here as enslaved chattel slavery um you know individuals we have never had that conversation in a way that is that is healthy we've never you know healed from that as a nation and so what i'm saying is with that being out there like that with that conversation taking place on the national level the dialogue just attacking critical race theory and attacking being able to teach this you know how do you all prepare to keep pushing for the book being into the um, educational systems because we're in an onslaught right now. Right, right. That's a very good question. That's a very good question. And the good thing is we have, even though uh, BH365 is the nonprofit side of the house, but the organization as a whole, we're moving. And on the uh, on the profit side of the house, those are the individuals who are getting into the trenches in reference to the politics and getting into the trenches in reference when they're talking to the school districts and things of that nature. So we have a team that's 
powerful and mighty, and they're continuing to spread the word about BH365. They're continuing to spread the word um, in reference to our history and continuing mm-hmm. to move forward. Because if you think about it, just last year, it was passed within legislative that we can offer African-American history and Mexican-American history in our schools. Right. And now here we are. They're trying to take that away. So there's a lot of things that's being done on the profit side of the house in reference to that. Awesome. And then what kind of energy or feedback are you getting with police departments as you approach the police departments? Because we also know that that history is actually ingrained in the police departments, in the police culture. And so it's like, what kind of feedback are you all getting back when you say, hey, we have a book that can help you get some of this mindset stuff you know, tackled in your department and therefore maybe be able to engage with people and communities differently so that you won't continue to have the same results every time you go in in a community and somebody ends up dead. What kind of feedback are you getting from the departments themselves? You know what? That is a really good question because I didn't think I was going to get anything but positive. So when I'm reaching out to Okay, we're here locally in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So I've reached out to all of the districts just about. I left Dallas. I'm I'm keeping them on hold because that's the Mercedes-Benz of this all. (laughs) But I've reached out to all of the districts, all the police chiefs around us. And that's over almost 50. No, it is not received well. Mm -hmm. But the ones who said, okay, are the ones who know the importance of understanding our people and understanding that in order to move forward, it's kind of like that Sankofa old saying, you got to look back and you got to learn from what happened in the past so you can move forward. Right. So those are the ones who are catching on. Like, you know what? We need this. What do we need to do to move forward? But it's a lot of resistance from other police chiefs who don't see that, that this is important information. Right. And so let me ask you this second follow-up question. So you have the, the overarching police department, a police chief, but what about the, um, like the associations of black police officers? Do you have, they have organizations and organized efforts to, you know, represent their, their, their constituents, which are people of color, police officers who are people of color, who might want to see that happen, who might want to see some change in their department. So are you going that route too? Are you speaking with some of the associations of black police officers? Yes, you are absolutely correct. I am speaking with one that's locally here. Him and I are working hand in hand on to ensure that I am speaking because I am an educator. I've been an educator since I graduated out of Grandma State University. Grand but, fam. Um, so he's helping us with the yes, he's helping us with the language on what the words that need to be said so that it's attractive to other police chiefs. So yes, I am working with one of the associations as well. Awesome, that's amazing because we know that. This is going to be a ongoing, long-term marathon of a project. Project. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. I know that transformation and change takes time and that we are all in this together. So again, the 32 plus nonprofits that we have in our network are all interested in learning more about uh, Black History 365. As well, we have an, an upcoming event in September that is going to pull at least 300 people together to talk about how do we expand the electorate? Why is that important in this conversation? How do we expand the electorate? We need to expand the electorate in Texas because there are 7 million people who were eligible to vote who did not vote in the last cycle um, at the time where we had people like Beto O'Rourke and other people who definitely know the history of Texas, definitely know the history of this United States and are not afraid to talk about it. And we had people who could vote who did not vote I remember Beto lost his vote, his uh, election by 200,000 people. 
Just think if we had 7 million people who were eligible to vote registered and out there voting so that we could turn the tide in Texas versus listening to these bumbleheads every single night on TV, you know, from from Greg Abbott to Kim Paxton to, you know, Ted Cruz, uh, you know, they're not doing anything but stirring the pot. They're trying to keep Texas in a grip hold for a small percentage minded of people like the MAGA folks, you know what I mean? And they're basically trying to keep control over a state that they know has a huge impact on this nation. Expanding the electorate would help people understand how they can be part of the process. In order for a Black History 365 textbook to go into schools, we have the people who vote. We have to have people who vote in local elections. We have we have to have people who feel it is a concern and and it is of uh, urgency on their part to go out and vote. So some of them may not know what they need to do to vote. They may not know how they can contribute, maybe from an organizational standpoint or an individual standpoint, by maybe becoming a VDR, a voter deputy registrar, and register people to vote. And I know that some 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 uh, some tread and traction can be made on things, the nuances of voting. Like Texas, most people don't know that you can start at 17 and a half. 17 and a half, you can go ahead and register and sign that voting registration card, and then you can process it, process it, and you can be ready for these next elections. 20, 2022, we actually have uh, the primaries coming up. Those primaries are extremely important because the Republicans are looking to take over Texas again, and we need people just educated on the basics because if you're not educated on the basics, then you wouldn't know that your vote counts when it comes time to having a textbook put in the school system. You know, if you're not educated on why you need to be voting at the local elections and the fact that the dates come up and you need to make sure that you're there and make sure that everybody in your household who is eligible to vote can vote, then we don't have, we don't get to have these conversations in schools. We have to have senseless conversations with, you know, people coming out with, you know, red hats and you know, Trump flags and all kind of stuff at educational meetings. You know what I mean? At the right. edu- at the at the right. city council level and at the level where you have those conversations, then we have people showing up who are against it. But we don't have enough people showing up who are for pushing this type of education and making sure that every single person is represented at the table. It's not just African-American people. We have a huge history of different types of Hispanic cultures and populations. This country is so ignorant of culture. The politicians are ignorant of culture. They have no idea what they're talking about. They talk in slogans and, and cliches. They don't know anything about culture, so they can't really speak intelligently on it. But guess what? They're the ones making the rules. They're the ones setting policy. They're setting policy. They're writing laws. They do know that process. And so what we've been talking about, I was able to have this same conversation with Beto when we were down at the march and um, and, uh, and, and t- uh, down in South Texas, down by Austin a little while ago, a couple of weeks ago. We need to educate our electorate. We have to educate them. And you all have a, an, an amazing project that can show up at every one of those meetings, you know what I mean? Educating the different populations and the different nonprofit founders and executive directors and anybody else that will come and learn about why it's important to be part of this electorate. So how are you guys going to be, you know, combining your efforts with also saying, Hey y'all, in order to get our project out there, we need y'all to vote. We need you to be able to get out there and vote this in at the city level, state level and national level. 
I'm glad that you mentioned that. And you just you just spoke volumes to me um, in reference to being this organization who has the voice, um, who was behind the education component, because I can even speak for myself when it comes to politics. No, that's not my thing. However, I do my due justice and what I need to do. Mm-hmm. But the education part of the why, why do I need to vote in the primary? We would love to be the, the voice of from an organization, organization viewpoint to help get that word out, the importance of voting in primaries, mm-hmm. because what primary it leads to other, you know, so being that and being that organization to do that. So that's something that I will personally charge myself as the executive director of BH365, that how can we serve as an organization to help that education component right. uh, be heard. Right. So, yes. So now we have about six minutes left. And in that six minutes, what I want to talk about is ally organizations. What's so important is for people to stop having this bipolar conversation about us versus them, you know, black versus white. I mean, when you have black versus white conversations, you leave out whole populations, right? Um, when you leave out history and have a history less conversation, you leave out whole components of why we got to where we are. So you can't come up with a proper solution if you don't understand history. So how can we work with ally organizations, organizations that have different populations who don't look like us in this effort? You know what I mean? What type of ally organizations are we looking to kind of combine this conversation with so that we can get somewhere and make some traction? Those are the kind of conversations I was able to have with Beto. Beto is a regular person. He's a on the ground get out there and work and hit it, get it done type of person. We need those type of people representing us at the larger levels in Texas. So we also need ally organizations. How are you all working with ally organizations? So that's a very good, that's a very good question. And just what you're doing right now, Ola Rene, just having these conversations, having that dialogue and then inviting more and inviting more and inviting more. So the foundation has only been in fruition since uh, 20, we're in 2021. I'm forgetting my timing was since uh, February of 2021. So we're a fairly new organization, but being invited to the table where our voice can be heard and being allowing other individuals to, um, with whatever their platform is, um, inviting ourselves to those tables as well. So as we continue to move forward, platforms like this, this is absolutely wonderful. Right. So you and I are having this conversation. We talked about this before, but we need to invite somebody else to this conversation. No doubt. And we they are. Need to invite somebody. Exactly. We're going <laughs> to, to we're going to. We yes. need to get these numbers up. And guess what? So what we had decided to do was this book is, let's see here. This book is literally 1,241 pages. That's a lot of information. And of course, like you said, um, the elephant, elephants are symbolic of being strong and strength uh, and all these positive things in Africa. Elephants, um, but here, you know, when we say the elephant in the room, there is a, we always have elephants in the room because there's never been any healing in this country. So we need to, you know, bite this project down little by little. I always say little by little, the bird makes his nest because birds don't bring the whole nest at one time. They bring one stick, then another stick, then some cotton, then some this and that until their nest is made. So for this project, I want to be able to go through chapter by chapter and maybe sub chapter by sub chapter and talk about these subjects with you um, as we find time over time and be able to invite other people to the conversation until we move through this whole book. My organization, Fihanka Global Education, is dedicated to doing just that. I'm not, I'm not even, uh, you know, the 12,000, 12, excuse me, 1,200 pages that this book 
has is nothing because I read books all throughout the year. And little by little, we will make it through these topics. We can be educating people right here on Facebook, right through our podcast, and through having an ongoing series um, of educational conversations about the topics in this book, as well getting out some of the information that you all have um, about things, other things that's going on. So to wrap it up, um, tell them about the golf tournament, because I know y'all are excited about that. I know y'all are in the grind right now. (laughs) I plan to be there as a vendor. So. Absolutely. Um, Yes, so we are holding October 8th, 2021. We're holding our first inaugural uh, golf tournament, and it's going to be held at the Golf Club of Dallas. Mm -hmm. And you know that, through my lens, that is a historic uh, um, golfing club in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm -hmm. So all funds um, will go towards the Black and Blue Ribbon Project. We're in this together. Um, however, we're look, we're still looking for golfers. We're still looking for sponsors. We're looking for, if you want to be a vendor table out there, you're welcome. We're also looking for individuals to sponsor police officers for this golf tournament. You can sponsor firefighters for this golf tournament. Nice. But all funds will go towards our relaxing project. Nice. Now, how can they get the money to you if they want to be a vendor? Um, please go to our website at www.blackhistory365foundation.org and you can find all of the information there. My last question is because you and I went to the greatest HBCU in the land, Gramlin State University. <laughs> How are you all engaging HBCUs with this project? So that's one of our initiatives to um, to uh, delve a little deeper with our HBCUs. And, and you and I both know, we, we know how it goes down when it comes to textbooks and all that other stuff. But this is a little bit deeper. This is a big, this is bigger than, this, than a textbook issue. So that's one of our goals this year is to dig a little deeper with our uh, HBCUs mm-hmm. um, and to work hand in hand with them in reference to getting this information out because even though that this is, even though the HBCUs, of course, is higher education, but once again, if you think back on the things that we were taught while we were at Grambling, I don't think we went this deep. No, I really don't we did think not. we went this deep. We did so, not, but we need to. Yeah, so, yes, absolutely. So we're going to work hand in hand with our HBCUs and, and, and come up with our strategic plan for that. Awesome. So I'm so super excited to be working with you. I had a great time with you. Just learning more about Black History 365. I know I'll be working with you and in conjunction with uh, some of the things that you all are doing. This also coincides with a project that I'm doing on the elementary school level. It's not as in-depth as this one, um, but what I'm doing for the Hunker Global Education is I'm starting a reading um, series on my YouTube page where I'll be reading children's books written by um, African-American and Latino, Latina Um, authors. And so reading that content and going through it with people and talking about it from a cultural standpoint and just the learning standpoint, some of the things that kids can do self-development wise and all that. So I'll be doing a a project with the babies and the kiddos, but I'll also be doing this project with the adults and plunging on this level with you all. So thank you so much. We stayed within our time frame with just 40, 48 seconds over 30 minutes. Thank you so, so much for joining me on this podcast and on this live Facebook Um, We will share this information on both of our pages and be able to always go back and reference. And then when we set up uh, some of the future dates, we can be able to invite some other people to have part of this conversation. So thank you, Tanisha. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Olorene. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Most definitely. Have a good one. We'll talk soon. You too. Okay.